Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 225 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal privacy. Now, first things first, Angelo, I don't know if I showed this on the episode last week because my brain is empty. I'm always forgetting things these days, but I got a standing desk, right? So I've been, uh, this is the second episode where I get to stand around, I get to gesticulate, maybe do a couple of kicks while I'm recording. But then I also bought myself a walking pad slash mini treadmill to go under the desk when I feel like walking. So I've been doing that um, this weekend because it's been super rainy. And I'm slowly becoming the best version of myself. So everyone here in podcast land should be afraid. Are you slowly becoming a work from home hipster? I uh, will, am not brewing my own coffee sourced from, uh, you know, ethical beans or whatever as of yet. Um, so no, but I am slowly uh, becoming a stronger, uh, 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 fitter person in 2023, slowly but surely. Fitter, stronger happier more productive isn't that a radio Radiohead song yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but i've just uh, i've been up to doing that in the last week so it's been good you know i've been on a journey of self-improvement after uh, getting chunky over the holidays and into the new year uh, that happens i i find myself like seasonally depressed right so everything up until like mid-april is kind of a blur to me from like christmas onwards or like late november to this so i got a couple of bike rides in outside last week uh you know exciting stuff even though the uh, app I, I didn't know if I mentioned this to you, but I had a really awkward Tuesday where I had a, like a everything was going wrong at work technically. Uh, filed a bunch of support tickets, then I was like, I'm going to go take a bike ride after work. So I unlock the bike using the Bixie app, which is our um, bicycle sharing service here, and uh, I ride on. And ten minutes later, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go take a walk, you know, in this part of town. I dock the bike, and on the app, the uh, trip time just is continuing to rise and rise. And so I'm a little confused and I tried taking the bike out, but it's locked in, tried taking it out. So I spent 15 minutes on hold waiting for a customer service person to close my uh, trip and <laughs> refund me for the difference because I used an e-bike, which costs like 13 cents a minute. That kind of puts a damper on your happy afternoon of walking and biking. Well, I mean, it was, it was a pretty bad day in general, right? So I, I kind of gave up. And also the, the treadmill appeared on Thursday. So I was like, you know what? This is kind of a sign to just stay in and do this thing. I also kind of feel down at this time of year where it's nothing is motivating me to do anything, but I do like that I can get out and walk because doing exercise in my basement, as efficient and good as that is, there's nothing like going for a nice walk and listening to some music or a podcast. Absolutely. Which takes us into, good job, Angelo, our first listener note of the week. So this is Sam. Sam says, hi, Brian and Angelo. Apple Music Classical is officially out now. Have either of you tried it yet? I haven't purchased an Apple product in over a decade, but I have played classical music all my life. There is no version for Android or desktop yet, but maybe there'll be if it doesn't flop. The reviews are pretty okay and not negative so far, but obviously Double Density is my home to Tech Tales and Paranormal Primers, so I was curious on your take on it so far. And included, Sam included, the included a little music emoji at the end, so thank you, Sam. So, Angelo, let us talk about Apple Music. Apple Music Classical. Um, yes, because Apple Music has been around for quite a while. Uh, one of the uh, few apps that Apple actually put on Android. And like Sam said, it's not Apple Music Classical is not available for Android yet. The official Apple press release says it's coming soon. The thing is, Apple Music Classical is not available for the iPad either or the Mac. Which is weird uh, for now. Because it, it, ostensibly, it wouldn't be that hard to retrofit. That's the whole point of iOS and macOS yeah. and iPadOS kind of like talking to each other. Maybe they're too busy working on Apple Musical Classical for the uh, 
headset that's going to come out. So you can conduct your own orchestra through the headset. I think that's the killer app. Why did app. you bring that up? We'll talk about it later. Yeah, exactly. But uh, So I uh, dropped a link in the show notes for everyone to read from The Verge entitled, Why Can't More Music Apps Be Like Apple Music Classical Angelo? And as someone who doesn't use Apple Music, I'm a Spotify boy, there is a certain part of this article that speaks to me, and that is the the uh, 18-year-old who is obsessively updating the meta tags in iTunes um, in order to make sure everything was uniform. And so yes. the article kind of goes on to explain how um, they use metadata quite effectively to sort different performances, different artists, different renditions, years, et cetera, et cetera, to a granular level that you don't see on other music apps like Spotify or even Apple Music itself natively. Up until the release of Apple Music Classical, I had a lot of trouble finding classical music on Apple Music. I would kind of just go into the browse section of the classical music part of Apple Music and just find sort of things I wanted to listen to. But it wasn't efficient. And what Apple Music Classical does is that it really allows you to narrow down by composer, by artist, by symphony, by the orchestra that's doing it. It's really great. Because you could look up Bach and you'll get Yo-Yo Ma, you'll get the London Symphony Orchestra, you'll get all kinds of different places. But now you can actually narrow down to exactly what you want to be listening to for classical music. Do you listen to a lot of classical music? And how is it on Spotify? I do not. You do not? Oh, you don't. I do not, yeah. The metadata tag game on there is quite weak too. So Um, there's like such a thing as like, and this happens every week when I go to my new releases section, right? Because they create something like a release radar. So basically it's like artists you've listened to, they keep track of, and they service new music from them. But often I will find, like for example, the band Fuel, let's say, right? So I, Fuel was on some kind of like Spotify playlist I put together of like, 90s out rockets right so you know um shimmers on there and then you'll notice that fuel has a new song out it's it's an unrelated rapper so it's interesting that like even through the verification process kind of fails because you kind of have to manually report these things as discrepancies so i will get new music quote-unquote from people that isn't actually new music at all which i find kind of interesting so it's not even like uh forget about like proper metadata tagging it's not even right on the fundamentals so i'm kind of curious angelo before i forget what is your history with curating um, music uh, manually? You haven't really done that a lot, I imagine. I you have, actually. Me, but you strike me as a pretty lawful person, so I feel like a lot of the CD stuff was legally obtained. I would rip my own CDs because, in my mind, I wasn't stealing anything. It was I wasn't selling this music. I was ripping it to put it on my iPod, uh, as as Steve Jobs intended. I did initially try downloading stuff from Napster and then LimeWire, and I hated it because so often, and we've talked about this before, a lot of that was incorrectly tagged. So many songs were attributed to the wrong artists, and it was really frustrating. Have you discovered any artists that way, though? Because I, I remember a mistagged Limbiscuit song being by the band Taproot, um, who I still occasionally listen to and they just put out a new song a couple weeks ago which, weirdly enough for the first time in like 10 years um but i'm just wondering on your end have you had any positive experiences with mistaken piracy sort of but not really more recently i remember listening to it's a, a kid cuddy song called the pursuit of happiness by, uh, but covered by somebody else and what i found was misattributed to lana del rey and i could not find this at all turns out it was actually I think her name is Lizzie. She has some really good music. And it was, that's how I discovered her albums. 
so you kind of fell down the rabbit hole of the misattribution, but where did the misattribution happen? I don't know. I think it was something you sent me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that you're uh, looping me into this. Uh, you're a train of piracy. But you you really didn't. I'm kind of curious. Like, what were you trying to download on Napster back in the day? Yeah, I don't know. Just different things and just l- trying to figure out kind of what it was because it was so new to everybody. I definitely remember. I, and I think I've mentioned this recently, actually, because I feel like we're just kind of going around in circles in my brain. But maybe not. I'm like, I have like strange senses of deja vu because we're 225 episodes in and I, I feel like I'm slowly losing it. Um, but uh, Kid Rock Cowboy, Blink-182's uh, What's My Age Again? We're, we're definitely like two of the first. Was that attributed to Green Day or something? No, not even that. It was actually properly tagged, which I was amazed by. I'm trying to remember what was incorrectly tagged. It was something quite famous, but it... it it ended up being one new metal band being misattributed to another new metal band. Oh, perfect. Because uh, it was the time where I was like, oh, I was sort of experimenting with new metal. I'm like, oh, some of this stuff is okay. Experimenting with new metal. Interesting. I dabbled in new metal. Yeah, exactly. What is the heaviest thing you listen to? I mean, animals as leaders, I'd mentioned. Periphery, maybe? Periphery, yeah. Uh, animals as leaders up there. Jewel. Oh, she took a hard turn about 10 years ago, yeah. I mentioned Jewel because you talked about how Fuel was misattributed to a rap act. Same thing happened for me. I was like, oh, a new Jewel album. It was not Jewel. It was actually a French rapper. And you put away your car because you thought you'd go cruising, bumping it, but you did not. (sighs) I would say definitely Periphery is one of the heavier acts I listen to. Because it's funny, going back to older metal that was thought of as being so dark and heavy. And it's like light rock at this point. Yeah, Like listen to some, some Black Sabbath pretty heavy for the 70s now not so much i mean it was it was basically amplified blues rock to a certain degree for the first couple albums anyways yeah there wasn't that neoclassical element to that no no you want to just talk about momstein all day i know oh definitely definitely (laughs) i just i've got myself several puffy shirts though there is a song i want to highlight actually off of paranoia called electric funeral that you should go listen to angela because it is basically the the birth of like stoner sludge metal like countless jars have been spawned based on that one song so that's kind of interesting i'll definitely take a listen to it i I like listening to music i now my new thing is before i go to bed is i put in my airpods and listen to music and what are you what are you listening to before bed just random things like last night i was listening to uh yield by pearl jam oh interesting yeah i've been in a i've been in a 90s kick lately and really enjoying nirvana a lot have you listened to some of the with the lights out outtakes and stuff no i've i've been i've i've been listening to in utero a lot more than i ever did interesting okay yeah and it's it's a well it's obviously a really good album i mean it stands up yeah and it's funny how did we i can't remember if we discussed this last week or recently but it's funny to think Nirvana really only had three albums. We talked about that, yeah. We talked yeah. about that about how they were uh, there were two albums in the in the mainstream essentially, and then disappeared. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. Versus Pearl Jam just keeps going and going and going. I don't know if you've listened to any of the newer stuff, but uh, no, I haven't, and I really should because I hear it's quite good. Uh, the last album, Gigaton, is not great. I mean, go give it a shot if you want, but uh, okay. not 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 the best. I'll, I'll put that oh. out there and say it's not the best. So I kind of lost interest in the early 2000s i think i'd say yeah i'd say the self-titled what was that 2005 2006 right okay. that is when i stopped yeah 2006 that's when i stopped listening worldwide suicide life wasted that's pretty much where i end i i really like yield i like no code a lot because it's so different i'm just staring at the track list 
of uh, our, our, our tech talk has now turned into music talk. I was just looking at binaural. My favorite track on there is actually nothing as it seems. I don't know if you know that song at all. But yes, I've listened to that album many times. So good. So good. Anyways, yeah. Let us listen on over. I don't even know what that means, Angela. So I'm just going to ignore what I just said and uh, move on over to next corner. Nick this week writes, hi, Brian and Angelo. On the subject of recommended board games, I believe you would enjoy a game called Hive Pocket. It's typically for two players, easy to learn, inexpensive, and definitely not like chess. Cheers, Nick from Colorado. <laughs> Angela, looks like we have a mission to meet in person and play a couple of games of Hive Pocket. Hot Pockets? Hive Pocket. A hive Pocket, okay. Yeah, we'll do that, play some progressive rock, and then record a podcast in person. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking to pick this up. I've seen this before. Okay. Um, at my local comic book store. So I know that they have it. So I'll take a look and see how much it is. Nikki, thank you so much for the recommendation. I'm curious to know how that one uh, plays out for both you and I. Let us move from good things to bad things, Angelo. Let us move from uh, happiness to heavy sighing and indecisiveness. Let us talk about WWDC 2023, first week of June. What are your thoughts? Are you excited for the keynote? Are you not excited? I know you're not excited. I'm going to keep going and go. I'm usually so excited about WWDC because it's, a chance to get a look at what Apple's going to come out with this coming year, the operating systems we're going to be using. And Brian, I have no excitement at all. At all, nothing. And especially, Apple's probably going to announce a new product. That's the big rumor, right? The AR VR headset that we've talked about in the past and that neither of us are interested in. I think that lack of interest in this new product that I really don't care about is tarnishing my whole WWDC enthusiasm. Do you feel like maybe you're just burnt out on the subject in general, perhaps? Maybe. I think like listen, we've we've been doing this for six years now, right? And we've talked about WDC for six years in a row now, right? Yeah. And, you know, and so I just and that's apart from the the Apple events that usually happen later in the year. It's just there is nothing of interest to me. And I mean, I kind of joked like a lot since we started here that a lot of it doesn't interest me in general. So I think it's just uh, more of the same, but uh, with like even more diminished returns. I'm also at a place right now where I recently had to upgrade my computer. So I, I actually don't want them to announce new computers because I want my computer to be the best Mac studio. It could be right now. It still is. So you're just you're just kind of hoping that it kind of <laughs> what what if they do present like the Uber computer to you the perfect I don't care no yeah that's the thing is that my previous iMac was I'd still be using it now if my dad's iMac hadn't stopped working and that's really the only reason I changed computers because my dad said hey I want your computer because it's fine and I don't really feel like buying a new one give me yours I'll pay you for it and you go buy yourself another one and that's what we did. I really have no interest in that. My iPhone 12, still working. Will I maybe buy an iPhone 15 this year? Who knows? Maybe, because my iPhone will be almost three years old. I bought it, I can't remember where I bought it, March 2021? So yeah, it'll be three years old next March. So maybe I'll buy a new, a new phone next year. It's Knock on wood, still working fine. Do you think you need a new phone, though? Like, once again, we probably No, definitely don't. Yeah, definitely don't. versus needs. Yeah, exactly. The only reason I bought this phone was because my iPhone 8 stopped working. So I needed a new phone. And then once I got this one, I went and got the iPhone 8 fixed. And my daughter, and it's still being used, right? But at the moment, I said, you know, I will might as well just get myself a new phone. But again, that iPhone 8 was three and a half years old. Yeah, like I'm, I'm coming up uh, on three years and two months about. 
Yeah. With my iPhone, I'm fine. I'm fine. I think I think you and I are talking about we've we've joked about the VR AR headset. Like it's just they're entering it at the worst possible time. If they do announce it, you know, um Apple isn't a stranger to canceling projects. Mm-hmm. No, they don't care because if they haven't of- announced it. Right now it's not announced. And if they cancel it now, well, people say, oh, it's canceled, but there's nothing that they canceled. They never announced yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. That's the smart way to do things. <laughs> deny, deny, deny until it's concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, like, if they don't announce it, they have nothing to worry about. It's just, because from the rumors are right now, a lot of the developers on it and the designers don't feel it's ready, but they kind of want to push it out. Do you have an interest in a th- possibly $3,000 headset? Even if it's $1,500, even if it's $1,000, that's a lot of money to spend on something that'll be obsolete th- sooner than later. It's funny you say that because I was talking to a client of mine the other day um, who works in e-commerce and they were saying that there isn't a killer use case for it that justifies that. And they were talking as an example in like, you want to go furniture shopping, you can use AR, VR to visualize how the room is going to look with different pieces of furniture in it, right? But the price tag for the tech is just way too expensive for that. More than the furniture. Exactly, right? And so unless you plan on having one shared VR, AR headset for your community, which could make sense, um, it's a long way away from being adopted for daily use. And even now myself, like I, and we've joked about this, like I still can't think of a use case where I would no, definitely wear not. one during the day for any particular reason. No, I would buy a PSVR 2 well before this. And even that I feel is out of my price range right now. Well, a good AR um, use, I guess, would be like video gaming, like for example, like a Pokemon Go with yeah. AR to it, right? But then it kind of <laughs> becomes a whole problematic thing of like when you are using gaming in ar it kind of creates a public danger if you don't look out for yourself when you're Definitely. for example trying to cross a very crowded street in order to get a gengar also i get motion sick i i don't know if we discussed this on the show or if just we talked about it but i recently downloaded doom on uh, ps5 because it's part of the playstation plus thing and i played for 20 minutes and i had to stop it made me really sick like the original doom no, no, the the two thousand sixteen remake, okay. and this week they uh, released also Doom Eternal for as part of the service, and I I didn't get it because it's it made me sick. It literally I did not feel well after playing, and the only other first do you feel like maybe really, maybe you didn't feel well because you realized that you were murdering creatures, perhaps these a bit poor of a, innocent demons. Yeah, exactly. A bit of a an Angelo anxiety attack. No, no, <laughs> uh, no. It's 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 just it's a little too much. But anyway, uh, that's it. I definitely am not interested in WWC. I'm hoping though that my lack of interest will make it more interesting. If you know what I mean. So what you're saying is like your your uh, baseline of expectations is so low at this point that if they do anything fun, then it's like a bonus for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I, I'll still watch it when it's on. Right. It's it's not a hard thing to do. I have it on in the background as I work because it's like another podcast. Right. It's just a live event happening. A live event happening that I'm listening to. And if they say something cool, I'll switch to the feed. I'll actually look at the screen. But other than that, no, I'm really like, you know, we've talked about it lately. I've been more into like other hobbies lately than than Apple stuff. And that's I can't really consider like 
Apple tech a hobby. It's just stuff <laughs> I like using, right? But right. like it, 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 it enables the hobbies I have, right? It, it really helps, obviously, recording this podcast, which is one of my major hobbies. It helps with my my music stuff, which is another major hobby. It doesn't help with my video games, but because Macs are terrible for games. I don't know if you knew about that. Well, they're kind Although of not a in your case, little bit better, yeah. Yeah, it's a little better, but still, uh, I much prefer gaming on my PS5. Yeah, I prefer gaming on your PS5 too. Uh, yeah. You want to talk? <laughs> speaking speaking of making music as a hobby, Angela, you just you're just back in pedal land. Well, I'm never I've never been in pedal land other than having a few multi effects pedals that I had bought a used yellow Digitech one many years ago from a friend, and then I bought a brand new. I want to say it was a called the GNX one or something by also by Digitech, which was a little more, it was post line six pod. So it was a little better with the modeling right. stuff and it was fine. I actually used it to play a few shows plugged directly into the PA and it worked totally fine. Nobody could tell that I didn't have an amp, but it was okay. Anyway, after I kind of like stopped playing electric guitar much, I, I sold that stuff. And no, recently, like, like we've talked about, I bought a new guitar. I bought a, pretty good new amp which was significantly less expensive than my old amp that i bought 25 years ago still sounds great though i decided to buy a couple of pedals i bought a tuner pedal which does nothing other than make it much easier to tune my guitar and yeah really awesome actually and i bought a um distortion pedal not the one i suggested though which is fine the the metal zone yeah the boss metal zone the incredibly noisy boss metal zone that i had uh, as a teen, that was like the only guitar pedal I ever bought. I bought it off someone in high school for like thirty bucks, and it's, and this it's one in a is box noisy too. Oh yeah, no, it's well, just, it's so noisy, and the gain on that is ridiculous. Yeah, so this one's also slightly noisy, but you can't have distortion without some noise. It's but it's it's really good. It's a it's it's made by JHS Pedals, which I have fallen down the rabbit hole of their YouTube channel, which is really great. And for a company that sells pedal, they do they do a lot of promoting other people's pedals. So, great channel. I highly recommend it. So, you may not be the only non-fan of the Boss Metal Zone, Angela, because I discovered a YouTube video by Ola England, who's a guitarist of yeah, uh, bands like is. The Haunted, Six Feet Under, etc. And his video is entitled, uh, Boss Metal Zone, Worst Distortion Pedal Ever? Question mark. And I'm going to include that in the show notes. We'll take a look and see how we feel um, about the Boss Metal Zone. I want to hear if anyone is a Boss Metal Zone apologist, if anyone out there is you know, making their debut black metal album um, that sounds like it was recorded inside of someone's butthole um, using that. Ole England also has, I think a lot of his videos are are him reviewing gear and asking if it chugs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. He, I've, I enjoy his interviews a bunch. Like he's, he's a very like fun interviewed subject. Well, yeah, he was on that Anderton's channel. I, I also... I think that linked to them last episode. Anyway, See, we're going crazy. We should do a hard reset as of next episode where we do not talk about anything we've talked about in the past like a month. So that way it's just it's really it's, hard. We're like old men just I know. our stories. It's a good jump on point. And also I think next episode we'll be doing Chupacabras coast to coast AM. And I'm going to send you um, a link Angelo soon enough to something that you can listen to. That'll be fun. With that said, I think paranormal time is is coming. Paranormal time is uh, nigh upon us, Angela. If you look down at your wristwatch, you'll see that the timer has reached zero and that we are hopping over. Oh, he's looking at his wristwatch right now. The timer has, has ended and we are hopping over the fence to the paranormal side of things. I will see you right there, friend. See you there.
Double Density. Welcome back to Double Density. And as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this week's topic has been brought to us by listener Trish. Trish wrote an email saying Taylor Granger in BC on November 29th, 1980, left a note that he was going to meet up with UFO and explore the universe to be back in 42 months. He was a genius in building things, uh, so a little eccentric. He took pickup and was not heard from again. In March 86, forest workers found his truck, and the RCMP found some bones to say they were his. Because when he left, he took some dynamite with him, and the RCMP figured it blew, uh, he blew himself up. The family never received the remains, and this was pre-DNA, so they have doubts. So a person with mental problems, or did he hook up with UFO? You two figure it out. Thank you, Trish, for suggesting this. Because this is um, a case that I feel like we wanted to talk about uh, uh, when... This pretty big CBC, so, you know, the National Broadcasting Canada, um, did an episode of their Hot Docs series uh, about this case called Spaceman, which came out in 2019. And so you and I sat down, not together, like uh, apart and and watched this, and I wasn't quite ready to feel as depressed as it's I a ended hard up watch. feeling. Yeah, I ended up feeling very empty after watching uh, this documentary, Angela. When I started it, I remembered that I actually watched this not long after it came out in 2019. And I don't know if we had talked about maybe doing an episode about it, but we never did. We had mentioned it briefly, but I, 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 I'd never seen it in the end until this week. It's very sad. The story is really sad. Very Canadiana, though, right? Like These are hardcore, rural, BC Canadians. Yeah. So, uh, Granger Taylor was 32 at the time of his disappearance on November 29th, 1980, like I mentioned before. He lived in Duncan, which is a uh, a small town on southern Vancouver Island, so off of the actual mainland onto Vancouver Island. And he left a note that read, Dear Mother and Father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship as recurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you as I will no longer require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. One of the things that they mentioned at the beginning is that he mentioned to friends and family that he'd be taken by these aliens on a very rainy night. And then they disappeared was a huge storm that uh, appeared on the island. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you wanted to be hopeful about this, you know, you could say, oh, it was definitely um, a vision he had. If you were more realistic about this, you'd say he found an opportune time to to disappear, right? And ultimately, um, you know, if we were to drop a line of different pieces of evidence that point to this being an abduction, the only thing we really have is that he claimed to have been telepathically communicating with the alien beings. And then also he foretold of a disappearance uh, and being taken up to the stars um, on a rainy night. Right. So not a, a ton of evidence on that. And unfortunately, the documentary does a really good job of of walking us through his headspace um, in the years and months and days leading up to his disappearance, right? So, for example, like, he was unlucky in love. There was a hint that he was being taken advantage of and maybe had been molested growing up. Yeah, they, they didn't spend too much time on that. They also talked about possible drug use, although the people closest to him said he didn't really use anything beyond pot. Well, some yes, some no, right? So uh, exactly. his own sister said that he had taken hallucinogenics, right? Okay, and um, then his friend said no, yeah. right? But but there are different faces you show to different people at different times, right? So I exactly 
someone who I do not doubt would know part of him would be his sister. So if she's saying that, then I definitely would err on the side that like he definitely partook, right? He had a fascination with UFOs. They built a UFO on a plot of land, but it's just, it was literally just a hangout. It was like a clubhouse. It wasn't actually like a UFO that he was planning on taking to the stars to go visit. Sort people. of like the Raelians. Yeah. It literally looked like one of the, the UFO that I had <laughs> messaged them about on Craigslist yeah. years ago to, to find out what was going on. Um, so yeah, he disappears. He built a train. So that's one of the things, right? He was almost genius level intellect when it came to mechanical things yeah he definitely had a knack for for all those different things right like he he built his own radio receiver and things like that in order to pick up alien frequencies he was saying he just you know his friends were calling her uh, calling him a genius you know he was yeah. very gifted um with all things mechanical and then he loved smoke and pot too which was very interesting at that time he was 32 mental illness wasn't something that was openly discussed wasn't something that was really understood to the extent that it is now you know people weren't you know people were put in quote-unquote special classes just they because they were slightly different let's just say the i don't i'm not using the r word here but like the r word was thrown a lot for a lot of disparate um different conditions including depression anxiety etc right so it looks like he had at least some form of mental illness yeah i mean like listen like we are not psychologists um, by trades or by design or by education, right? But the picture that was being painted of him was a very lonely person who was trying to find meaning in this very large world. And so he looked off-world to sort of find some comfort, I think I think would be a good way of saying that. Like he, um, his sister had mentioned he had placed like ads looking for a romantic partner. Like he didn't really date all that much. Yeah, he he was kind of in his own little world when it came to everything. He spent a lot of time thinking about creating his little mechanical things, right? Like we mentioned, he built a train. That's an impressive feat, actually, to build your own locomotive out of parts of something that was pretty much rusting away in the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the the UFO, um, the shots of the UFO. Um, bunker or clubhouse in the documentary yeah very interesting too they look very quaint right so uh there was a there was a shot of his brother going into his room right his parents kept his room exactly yeah. as it was with all the tools on the bench and and, on and the, the books yeah. and that little bed yeah that he barely could squeeze into yeah because he yeah. seemed like a big guy his brother said he wasn't tall but he was he was wide right he was a pretty husky dude and that was a weird tiny little bed yeah I I just pictured him sitting there thinking about all the things he could build being taken away by aliens. It seems more like this was a wish than something that actually came to him. And he kind of fulfilled it by disappearing. The saddest moment of the whole documentary is the end where they've asked the brother to read the letter he yeah, wrote to his parents. And he can't. And he can't because he kind of walks off and says, well, this is... It's not real, right? Like, why do we keep thinking he's going to come back? Obviously, he's not coming back. He took his own life. That's what his brother feels like he did. And then there was his friend, right? The I can't remember his name. Was that Robert Keller or was that the other one? I can't remember. I it, was his, it was a childhood friend, right? Like, it was the guy that he said Granger chose him as a best friend, right? Like, he yeah. wanted to be his friend. And he did not. He's also the one that didn't think that Granger did anything beyond pot. And that he actually was taken by UFOs. There's also people that 
there was a flight controller, right, that called his sister yeah. and wrote her a letter. Well, well he wrote, so uh, uh, Robert Dybert wrote the letter to the parents originally. Yes, and then spoke to his sister about how there was a UFO flap in the 70s. Yeah, in 75, 76. In yeah. And so it was kind of like this weird time, and, and they placed a lot of emphasis on um, talking about how the – and so this is kind of like one of my <laughs> – uh, if I were a quibbler, right, Angelo, if I were to say, hey, that's a little uh, uh, problematic. So they talk about the explosion of sci-fi stuff in the 70s and 80s, but all of the videos they were showing were from like the 50s, like the day they were so still. And, you know, yeah. um, and so like anachronistically, I was like a little bothered by that, but it's fine. Um, it's you know, documentary. That's the B- B-roll, right? Yeah. But I was just they, a It's what they could it. get that was that was royalty free right, right essentially, they're not going to yeah. start putting close encounters they don't want steven spielberg after them i mean they could use it it's fair use right so that's that's another argument to make but that's fine um but i did find it interesting that like they kind of set the tone of like this was very much in the um you know in the popular zedgeist of the moment like just the yeah. idea of space aliens. travel exploration aliens existing right and i think unfortunately like um you know uh when you start taking hallucinogenic drugs you tend to lose a bit of yourself over time if you continue yeah. to do it because i've i've known people who have lost a little bit of themselves through dropping acid a bunch for example right and it's just they become like a different person a little bit like a little more subdued a little more in their heads and like once again this is just it's it's not specifically talking about him but i'm just speaking about my own experiences in dealing with with a friend who who did that he was done with this world and either was going off world with the aliens if what he said was true or those bone fragments they found were actually his. So let's talk about that, right? So um, five years later, March 1986, some forestry workers on Mount Prevo, which is not far from uh, Granger's parents' place, discovers a truck, and there are some human bone fragments were also at the scene. The truck had seemed like it had been blown up, right? So um, something to note is that Granger Taylor often kept uh, grade 11 dynamite, according to his friend, in his pickup in order to blast away tree stumps um, wherever he was. And, you know, um, no matter how many times you handle something like that, the chances of you coming into an accident veer closer and closer to one, the more exposed you are to that kind of thing. The chances of you being blown up by dynamite are much higher if you actually handle dynamite. Yes, yeah, literally that, yeah. Um, so to me, I was like, that's a very interesting kind of moment, right? But then there's some conflicting stuff, right? Because in 2018, some aerial shots got taken where it appeared that maybe Granger's truck was actually intact and those bones weren't his, that truck wasn't his, right? And I've done my darnest to do more research on this and I can't find anything at all about that. They didn't spend much time on that. It was just at the end of the documentary where they kind of mentioned it and I, I actually had to go back a couple of times to try and understand what they were saying that this was a different truck that was hidden because of the roads there weren't roads available so how did the truck get there well i mean like maybe at the time like um there were there were yeah exactly and yeah and they were growth and, later. and okay. you know they were doing some some clear cutting and stuff like that so i think in time maybe the the access to the truck had been cut off and um something that trisha mentioned is that like uh uh using dna to conclusively prove who someone is as a science only really um, came to the forefront in the late 80s, right? So in 1986, the idea of DNA testing these bone fragments wasn't really Infancy, yeah. easily accessible nor cheap. Like, that's the whole thing, too, is that, like, DNA testing is still a little expensive depending on what you're going to need to do. And it takes a while. It's not CSI. No, exactly. So I'm not quite sure either. I didn't understand where the bones ended up either, right? 
No, they seem to kind of almost been uh, like disappeared. Yes, yeah, so I'd be curious to know where they ended up because it'd be high time to to do that, right? If his his room is still intact in some way, right? And once again, Spaceman came out in 2019, shot in 2018, presumably, right? So that's yeah, you know, uh, a little bit of a gap from there to now, but presumably there are pieces of him that exist that you can test against in order to find that out. I don't think DNA is intact in those things anymore. Anyway, I something interesting to me is that like so like you know if we brush aside the paranormal aspect of this, right? So either Granger did this to himself, unfortunately, or it was an accident, right? So neither one is like a great ending to the story, no. unfortunately, when you really think about it. And also like the idea of the UFO flap kind of tying into this, like there's a there's a four year gap at that point between the flap and this, though. Um, Chris Rakowski. Um, you know, great UFO person also, yeah, personality had mentioned that like that is often a hotbed of activity. There has been reported settings for decades now around there, right? So it's not a surprise, but there wasn't that intensity there necessarily either. And also, like just the idea of a rainy night and being able to see a UFO and see it take you is kind of um, troublesome too because of the optics of it. I mean, look, it could have been something as horribly accidental as him driving this truck in the rain. And the truck getting hit by lightning and blowing up the the dynamite, as unlikely as that is, how less unlikely is that than him being abducted by aliens? And that's the whole point, too, is that, like, if you're looking at the evidence, and, like, you and I, like, once again, like, we, if you're on the skeptical side, but I think even more proof, listen, if his friends and his family are seeing a certain thing about him, it's hard to sort of look against that as someone, you know, you and I are like decades removed from both the yeah. incident as well as these people, right? Like his parents have passed. They declared him legally dead. Uh, they went to court to declare him legally dead and it was granted in the late eighties, you know? So uh, to me, unfortunately, like it's very hard to want to attach a paranormal explanation to this in the case where people are talking about things like brain chemistry, for example. Yeah. And, uh, and apart from him, if he had never mentioned the whole UFO thing and never left that letter and him not disappearing on a night that it was rainy, like he mentioned, no one would be talking about this. It would have just been somebody who wanted to disappear. Yep. Yep. And there haven't been any credible reports of him surfacing anywhere. So, you know, unfortunately, I do think that his remains are. Um, yeah, he'd be in his 70s now, right? Yeah, he was born in the 40s, yeah, so he'd be in the 70s, yeah. But, you know, I, I personally, unfortunately, think that, like, he is not with us anymore, either here or up in the stars. Uh, up in the stars, yeah. No, he, he, he disappeared a long time ago, and it was probably, like I said, probably either accidental or... Intentional, which I think is even sadder, but I mean, yeah. like, listen, you and I don't know. We can never know, and that, that's the worst part about a lot of this, and we talk about this all the time, uh, more comically usually, but, like... We don't. This was a no, yeah. right? Like that's the whole problem is that we can never know the totality. This was a downer. It, it ended. It did not have a happy ending at all. No, it, it did not. Unfortunately, and I want to thank Trish for though. suggesting it. Yeah, I want to thank Trish for suggesting it because it was it was a case that had been on my list for for a while to sort of talk about and gave me an excuse to finally watch Spaceman. So you know, it was a good it was documentary. A good documentary. Yeah. yeah, if you're Canadian, you can watch it. I don't know if it's available in the states, so. Um, Use a Canadian VPN, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> um, to, to Sometimes go we have it. cool stuff here. It's true, we do. But the funny part is when I loaded up the doc, uh, like even though it is the state broadcaster, I still have to sit through ads. So the two- I had no ads. How? I watched it on my laptop 
And whenever it came to the red line of the ad, it would pop up the CBC documentaries, black screen, pop up CBC documentaries again, and then start over. Dang, I don't okay. know. Because I got, I got a lot of ads for the Montreal Casino. <laughs> They're trying to tell you something, Brian. I got to go play the, I got to go play the cat slots. I've told you, I've told people this, my theory before on the air, I'll say it once again. You play the cat theme slots, you play for a quarter, you play all the lines, you'll be fine. The two times I've done it, I've come out, come out on top. Good job. I have I have an ad blocker on Eero, but I don't. It doesn't really block video ads. I was gonna say I don't think it blocks. Yeah, it blocks those. Yeah. No, so it just blocks intrusive pop ups. Yeah, I was lucky though. I guess anyway, no ads. No ads. Enjoy yeah. the documentary as God intended. With yeah, no ads. exactly. Yeah, he looked down on you and gave you the thumbs up and said, "You know what? You deserve this, young man." Yes. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, Trish, for for sending that over. If anyone ever wants to send over anything angelo how would you recommend our listeners get in touch with us because they have been doing this for a couple of weeks now and i've been loving it my friend months actually a couple of months and they easily go to doubledensity.net and there's a form to fill out and we get the email directly in our gmail account which is- and folks i've actually forced angelo to hook up the double density email address into his phone gmail app now so both of us get the email yeah, and so what, what's the email address? You, you left me hanging there. <laughs> DoubleNCPodcast at gmail.com is the way that you can email us directly if you feel the desire to go ahead and skip the contact form. You can also find us over on Twitter, the horrible husk of a site, double underscore density, and then Double Density Podcast over on Instagram. Where this week, I posted a picture of me holding up <laughs> Angelo's app as we were planning to clap because what we yes. do prior to recording is we clap in order to get a baseline in order to make it easier to edit. Yeah, we just kind of figure out we line it up sometimes though audio drift happens not too bad though lately no it's been good watch it be terrible this week (laughs) a weird behind the scenes kind of thing but if anyone has these suggestions for any more cases that they'd love to see us shine a light on you can go ahead and use any of those ways in which to contact us and as i mentioned before angelo get ready we're talking about the goat sucker next week we're talking about chupacabras uh classic coast to coast am episode from the mid 90s with art bell i there are two uh, distinct ones i have in mind i have to go re-listen to the first half of each in order to to pick i feel like a weird sommelier almost of like you know here's some vintage curated mp3s for you good sir which one goes well with toast and coffee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which That's one will make you rush a I'm little less again. when they describe yeah. what is going on um, out there? Well, the last one you picked was a uh, was quite a was, doozy because oh, we yeah. discovered a mystery within a mystery. So <laughs> I, it's going to be hard to talk that one, but I think I'm going to go ahead and just try to, to to figure that out too. Great. This has been it for episode 225 of the Double Density Podcast. And as always, you can go ahead and find us on all of the different platforms we just mentioned, and you can tune in. Next episode, as Angelo and I give each other a debrief on WWDC 2026, where the VR headset Mark III is coming out. You can now see people in x-ray vision without their clothing. You can see all of their bones, good and bad, mechanical and natural. Angelo, I will see you there, both metaphorically and literally. In a uh, partnership with Boss, Apple's going to come out with their own medals on the pedal. <laughs>